Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual-threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Blue wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History final. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh yeah, so easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to the Full Slate Sunday Scaries podcast brought to you by our good friends at Bet Online, Sunday Ticket, Deal Dash, and Manscaped. I'm your co-host, Cody Darwick, joined by my brother out in Chicago, Tyler Darwick. Tyler, we're recording uh, Full Transparency Saturday afternoon here. It seems like college football might be uh, starting to crumble a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. The Mac decided not to play. Um I don't know. I'm hoping the big conferences still decide to play and do the conference season for these smaller, you know, non-power five. I saw someone put on Twitter, and it's a good point. Like, the season, their money they get are off these non-conference games when teams pay them to come there. If you mm-hmm. take that out of the question, maybe it doesn't make sense. So, hoping you know the Big Ten and all these other leagues still play. It's Indiana's best football team ever, so it would be pretty <laughs> funny if the season got uh, shut down, but. Who knows? It's such a fickle situation. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But we have we have a golf uh, master going on. We have baseball firing on full cylinders. Uh, looks like uh, the Giants are starting to uh, wane a little bit here, but we'll see what, what happens there. NBA continues to ramp up, and we had on uh, our good friend, recurring guest, Sam Machati. Uh, we check in with him, talk about the NBA, the Lakers, his thoughts on teams he likes uh, to come out of the East and West, um, and a little bit about Kobe as well. So enjoy our conversation with Sam. And on the other side, we will talk about uh, this past week's episode of Double Shot at Love. 
Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to get the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. Okay, and Tyler and I are very excited to welcome back on the podcast recurring guest and friend of the program, Sam Machadi. Sam, how's it going out there in Indy? Hey, we're surviving out here, man. Uh one day at a time. How's it going out there on the East Coast? It's it's good. It's good. We're uh, we're getting through it. We got a lot of outdoor dining going on, trying to enjoy the summer as much as we can here. But it's great. The last two weeks we've had we finally had sports back in our lives with baseball, NBA, NHL. Now everything's starting essentially at noon. We have a golf major too this weekend, so can't complain on that front. But Sam, you're you're one of our resident NBA guys, so we wanted to have you back on. Um, so just like kind of off the bat here, how how have you uh, thought the games have gone here with no fans um, and in these smaller gyms? What's what's your uh, quick takeaway here? You know, I thought that the no fans aspect would matter a lot more. But now I'm just like, hey, I mean, half of the fan noise or half of the noise in an arena at a game these days is pumped in anyways. So what are we really missing that much? The players have a lot more room to operate now in terms of uh, not having the photographers and the security and the courtside uh, people around. And I kind of like it. Yeah, it's it's crazy to watch a game and see how much space there is under the baseline. And when they were going into the bubble, there's really... I had no expectation it would look this good on TV. But the NBA, ESPN... TNT, they've all done a great job of making it feel as normal as it can be in this uh, situation. So I think the watching experience has been pretty great. The NBA compared to MLB, MLB, it's like you can feel it every pitch, every time someone gets a hit, like you can feel that no one's there. But in the NBA, it feels not that weird. Yeah, yeah. It's almost an impossible job for the uh, production teams of, of these baseball games just because you think about it like there's almost no shot in a baseball game where you don't see the backdrop right. of the fans right. tyler tyler and i have debated tyler's pro cutout i'm against i'm against the cutouts <laughs> but but there's there's just nothing there right so it's it's much easier for basketball this feels like it's just the nba's kind of done this before with the summer league it feels like a few yeah. years back when the summer league wasn't as big of a thing like it's just kind of like a pickup game kind of uh personality what do you think of the virtual fans on the screen oh they killed it the nba is it seems like they're leaps and bounds in front of these other leagues when it comes to the little small stuff like that because i didn't know they were going to do the virtual fans but then you just turn on the game and it's like oh dang they got virtual fans it kind of for a second seems like they're there too when you see them in the background, then you remember that they're on a screen. But for half a second, you kind of think they're actually at the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's when you think about it, it was such a long break for us, for sports oh, fans, yeah. between you know the end of the regular season and this getting started. But to think of like how quickly the NBA put all this together with the fans and making sure you know everything looked as legit as possible to make it feel like this is going to be you know a complete season and you know whoever wins the title it feels legit it's not an asterisk so props to the NBA but Sam uh, like Cody and I we're all Laker fans on the pod right now so I wanted to get your gauge of how you're feeling I'll throw this stat at you guys I saw on Twitter the Lakers are shooting 23% from three since the restart that's the worst three-point percentage by any team in a five-game span in NBA history, minimum 150 attempts. I will say that NBA history is a little misleading because you probably could only take a sample size from the last couple of years. Right. But definitely right. not a good stat. Uh, Sam, I'll let you go first. Where are you on your your scale of being worried for the Lakers? <laughs> is it just the end of the regular season and they're kind of cruising, or is it you know something to actually be concerned about? Okay. Uh, what what I am concerned about is our reliance on a 35-year-old LeBron to create so much for everyone. And 
the fact that he's not playing that well reflects in our offense, the numbers being the worst in the NBA. We have the worst uh, offense in the bubble so far. But the reason why I'm not really that worried is because we've seen LeBron look questionable before in like 2015 when he first came back to the Cavs or even before the 2018 playoffs when the Cavs were looking bad again or even last year when he kind of looked a little washed. But as we've seen, anytime he really wants it, he has it. So I think that he's kind of playing possum as LeBron's been known to do. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, the Lakers, they got their big win. They needed to get, I think, against the Clippers, uh, who were without Harrell and, and Lou Williams. I think that was big for the Lakers psyche. LeBron didn't really play well in that game, but he played great defensively, had the big shot at the end of the game. AD versus the Clippers seems unstoppable. But in terms of Lakers right now, I mean, they have the one seed clinched up so you try not to read too much into this stuff but just watching this team sam and like Tyler and i spoke about this last week but it's like i really like alex crusoe i like the social media star he's become i think he plays really <laughs> really hard and well defensively but like the fact that this is a basically the favorite in vegas to win the nba finals and alex crusoe's as a closer for this team definitely definitely scares me a bit the guy I think the Lakers really need to see uh, get his act together is Danny Green. I was psyched wow. about that signing, and I know Tyler is a UNC fan growing up. Sam, I know you also were as well. Yeah. He's yeah. he's uh, he's made me a little nervous here. He he looks like he may or may not be over the hill right now, um, and and the Lakers absolutely need his his shooting if if they're gonna end up going on a deep run here. And we're we're recording this on Saturday. He's actually out today with. I think hip soreness or something. It's hopefully not anything uh, too serious, but definitely not a good sign. They need him to step up. And I mean, they'll get Rondo back hopefully by the second round of the playoffs if they're still playing at that point, which is huge. Because once LeBron's out of the game and Sam, you touched on this, they don't have anyone that really creates. And I saw a stat in their three losses. Anthony Davis has only taken 30 shots combined. The game the other night versus Houston, you know, LeBron's out, a couple other guys are out. It wasn't a huge game, but that should just be a game where AD is shooting the ball like 35 times and you're going against Houston where they don't have anyone over 6-7. So they'll get Rondo back. But, I mean, the way Portland's looked, if they get the 8 seed, I, I don't think that's going to be a walk in the park. I think that's going to be kind of a, a battle to get just through that first round, and then who knows who they'll play in the second I would hate to see Portland. I mean, we would absolutely beat them. I do, in fact, think the Lakers would beat them. But imagine Portland, uh, the Lakers getting Portland would be a terrible matchup because Avery Bradley was our only good guard defender, and he's gone. And they have Dame and CJ, a motivated Dame who's going crazy right now. And then imagine if the Clippers get Dallas. That's a sweep. That's a sweep. I hate to say it. I love Luka Doncic. I love Luka. Luka is the guy. That is a sweep. That's a sweep. And then we're going to be in a tough six-game series with Portland. I wouldn't enjoy that at all as our reward for getting the number one seed and no home court advantage. That would just seem, you know, it would seem like we got cheated there. But Yeah. Yeah, especially uh, Portland has Nurkic back now, so they do have yeah. they have bodies they can, they can throw at AD, uh, and it's crazy to say it, but Melo's Melo's looked pretty good actually. Gary Trent Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gary Trent Jr. AKA JJ Redick. He <laughs> yeah. must man. He he must have locked himself in the gym over quarantine because he hasn't missed a shot yet. He's shooting. He's shooting over sixty percent from three. So, he's been. He's been. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sample size. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, he's. He's been playing well. What have been some of your other guys? Uh, you know, surprise takeaways from teams in the West, the East. I think Michael Porter on the oh, Nuggets. Yeah, how well he's playing has been insane to me. Michael Porter Jr. is by far the number one. That I'm pretty sure everyone's talking about along with T.J. Warren. Here in Indiana, you know, you know, here in Indiana, we have that big chip on our shoulders and uh, everyone's, oh, why aren't they talking about TJ Warren? They won't talk about our Pacers. ESPN hates us. So you know how that goes. I've heard a lot about TJ Warren over the last few days and he's playing really well. Michael Porter Jr. looks great. Gary Trent. These are guys who I've been looking at who've been doing the most work, but I'm not surprised that a lot of the really good teams 
don't look that good because they just need to ramp up. Like, Milwaukee, the two L.A. teams are just pretty much ramping up for the playoffs as opposed to really going out there and trying to get anything proven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there, Sam, any value, you think? The Pacers right now are the five seed. They're tied with the Sixers in the East. Um, any value on the uh, the Pacers? I'm looking at their odds here. Bet online. They have the Pacers as 60-1 to 1 to come out of the East. Any Any chance you see that happening? No. <laughs> no, no, no. I love this team. They're a classic overachiever. They work hard. If you ever catch them in like a pick em type game against another kind of mediocre team, take the Pacers. They're going to outplay them. I mean, out hustle them, I mean to say. They're going to try harder and do yeah. all that stuff. So you got to love the Pacers. And if you can get them at um, – the very first game coming back from the bubble, they were playing the Sixers, and I think they were like plus six. Mm-hmm. I jumped all over it. Philly is the classic overrated by Vegas team, and the Pacers are the classic going to be ready to play this first game back from the bubble. So I, I like certain values on the Pacers, but to come out of the East, no. The team I do like value-wise to come out of the East is uh, Miami. Okay. Yeah, they're at ten to one right now. Uh, they uh, they're slotted in to the four seed. I mean, they they've got a ton of athletes. Like if that team's firing on all cylinders, I think they're a really interesting potential second round matchup for the Bucks. Tyler gave out the Heat earlier. I kind of I like the Raptors to come out of the East. Oh but, yeah, yeah. But, I love the Raptors. Yeah. I I think the Raptors and the Heat are very similar teams. And uh, they could both give Milwaukee trouble because let's be honest, uh, they have Giannis. But besides that, the rest of the team is good and it's a good conglomerate. But if Giannis isn't putting up 35 and 15, they have trouble scoring points sometimes. Mm -hmm. And both both those teams have a lot of long wings that they can throw at them. Our guy OG in the the Lakers game versus uh, the Raptors in the restart. OG's guarding LeBron in the fourth quarter, getting getting big minutes for that team. But between him, Siakam, then you'll get the Heat. You have Jimmy Butler, a guy who's been there forever. Bam, who can really kind of run around and guard guard anyone. Um, The Heat are an interesting team, and I, I do like the Spolstra angle in this kind of weird bubble thing to be able to get his team ready and and firing on all cylinders i think that's that's another advantage for them um yeah. as well yeah spolstra never gets any credit because he won the titles they went to the finals everyone will say oh it's lebron d wade bosh which i mean mostly was but he's one of the best coaches in the league you look at their roster with you know duncan robinson kendrick nunn just these random guys who are like okay you heard of in college but you never thought they'd be good in the nba like to have the team where they are and still you know they were beating the bucks in the first half the other day that game was close and then the bucks pulled away at the end they didn't have jimmy butler or goran Dragic, so i do like the heat let's talk more about the sixers they're so disappointing <laughs> i had i had the you know espn fox sports hot take comparison the other day to one of my friends i said they're like the cowboys of the nba where you look at their roster they have so much talent you think they should be so good you're always lured into betting on them and expecting more out of them and they're just so disappointing now with simmons out it'll be interesting to see i feel like they always play better with one of those guys out either simmons or Embiid, because they put the offense around him but even Embiid still frustrates me if you just went up played on the block consistently he'd be one of the best players in the league and he still is but he just gets lured to shooting threes and the defense is just like thanking him because it's just not where he's most uh, effective did you see tyler draymond's comments last night on tnt i was spot on yeah yeah he basically was like anytime anytime he's going to take a jumper where the the defender feels grateful that he's essentially bailing them out yeah sam do you have similar feelings on philly i mean they're still getting love in in vegas they're 14 to 1 here they've they've been overvalued all year because they have the brand name guys with Embiid and simmons the big market in philly Uh, how where what's your temperature with this team sam uh, I'm freezing cold on them. And <laughs> they're going to be overvalued until the very last day of season. They could be down 3-0 to someone in a series, and I bet they're going to be favored in that fourth game. They're going to be over. The names are too much, and you know how Vegas likes to suck a Republican. The names are too much, and all the way down to the very end, 
they're still going to be overvalued. I don't like Philly at all. Um, I mean, they have some of the worst guards for a team that's going to try to win a championship in 2020. I mean, Ben Simmons is kind of a guard, but he's more of a point forward, and he absolutely can't shoot. I'm not breaking news there. But if you're not considering him a guard, then look at the rest of their guards. I mean, this is 2020 where you have to have great guard play to try and win a championship. And they're trying to win one. With Have you have you even heard anything from Josh Richardson this year? Have we heard from him? I was, we, I was about to say. We haven't. He's on the team. He is on the team. <laughs> I saw him on Bleacher Report, like, uh, hyping up in Bede's new uh, Under Armour shoes, and I was like, damn, Josh Richardson, they do have him. <laughs> his last his last 10 games, he's shooting 24% from three, oh. so they're just, <laughs> they're getting, they're getting no guard play. When they, they signed Horford, I think Cody and I, I, I kind of like the move, I don't remember why at this point, yeah, but they, they just, they just have awful guard play like they're relying so much on shake milton who had a few nice games before the season shut down and then people were hyping up just a flaw team to fired brett brown last year i think that was their first mistake and yep. they're gonna have some tough decisions to make i guess going well, to on a uh, side this note, since on a side note since you were showing spolster some love earlier let's just say how many people have the heat kind of pulled out of nowhere that like undrafted guys or guys who were second round picks or whatever that they got the most out of, like Josh Richardson, then they flip him for a Jimmy Butler, and then they just replace Josh Richardson with Kendrick Nunn, who we've also never heard of. They basically just replaced his value. So you have to show up to the Heat organization because a lot of teams would have been overpaying Josh Richardson and overvaluing him because they found him, as opposed to the Heat were like, we'll find another Josh Richardson, and they did within a month. Mm-hmm. The thing that's amazing that he to piggyback on your point, Sam, Duncan Robinson, I feel like, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you kind of have to rub your eyes when you're in the bathroom, brushing your teeth, whatever. When he was like starting to play big minutes for the heat, I was like, this can't be what? Like, this can't be the same guy from Michigan. Um, but he I mean, give him credit. He's put together a really nice career. He's coming to the league at the perfect time for someone like him. He's about to have a nice, nice 15 year career here and cash in. I absolutely love Duncan because most guys like him get murdered on defense but he's actually tall and kind of long and like not that uncoordinated he's not athletic but he's also not like the most uncoordinated person ever he can slide his feet and get in someone's way so he's not hurting your overall defense and that jumper I would say is one of the top five in the league because that thing he he doesn't need half a second it's one of the quickest releases in the league off of a uh, off the catch, just rolling off the of screens. He can do it all in terms of shooting. So I really love Duncan Robinson. You need that kind of guy to try and win a championship these days. Yeah, yeah. Lakers, Lakers could desperately use him uh, at the moment. Uh, but going out west, so we talked about the Lakers. We haven't really spoken about the Clippers much. But Sam, are you? If you had to basically. Right now, life on the line, is it going to be Lakers-Clippers Western Conference Finals, or do you see a kind of another team crashing the party here? Because I feel like we've all had this penciled in since the start of the season. It's going to be Lakers-Clippers. It, it will be. And, um, I mean, these other teams are trying to make it a little bit interesting, but as we all know from being NBA fans, as, as far as it goes back, if you have two of the three best players in a series, you're probably going to win that series. And the Clippers and Lakers are going to have that in every series until they play each other. So they're they're going to be there. I truly believe that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm trying not to overreact too much to what we've seen in these seeding games where, you know, the Rockets look really good. OKC has looked pretty good. They throttled the Lakers the other night but i'm trying not to overreact too much of that and think maybe once we get to the playoffs and teams really start going all i will see kind of chalk as you know we're used to what what are your guys thoughts on the pelicans um also kind of the baby lakers i think they're they're just so they're just like kind of pathetic the other day they played sacramento that was a game they had to win and they gave up 140 points lost 140 to 125 i think they're essentially done they're how far back are they? They're two and a half They're back and of, half out, yeah. of Memphis, but I don't. I'm not positive that that all works. If they still we get all in. wanted this Scion thing to happen so bad that we forgot that they were playing like Frank Jackson and 
uh, guys like Nicholas Melly and, you know, I mean, the team's not that amazingly talented. They're pretty decent. They could have made a run at the eight seed if Zion was healthy all year, but uh, we were asking them to make up like four games within an eight-game bubble, and that was just asking for a bit too much. Yeah, yeah. Every time I watch the Pelicans, they're (laughs) – I mean, Lonzo has looked underwhelming, I'll say, a lot of the times I've watched him this year. Ingram seems to really – he's finding his own in the league. I'm I'm happy to see that. Josh Hart's a guy that I really – I'll say this – I was just like, I really loved him on Lakers, and I'm always a little a little butthurt. Every time I watch him on the Pelicans, I'm like, Lakers really could could use a guy like this. He's great the first three quarters. I feel like he, he kind of always <laughs> freezes up in the fourth um, when it comes to some of the big shots. But Josh Hart's a guy that I'll, I'll, I'll always kind of have a rational fandom for him. I'm not exactly sure why, but... It- it's like all those guys, as we've talked about, Cody, where when they're on the Lakers and before LeBron got there, even when he was there last year, they would play so well for the first three quarters of the game versus basically all the teams in the league. And then once it got to crunch time, they would fall apart. But I think people, like Sam said, were so excited to see Zion, you know, with all these other guys and then get into the playoffs potentially and play the Lakers. I think they're just not there yet. They don't play any defense. Zion is super raw on defense. I've seen a couple clips on Twitter going around of his defense and he's just, he's just not there yet. Um, he's Zion a lucky. is terrific on defense. So I just, I, I don't understand why. Like I was watching him one day and I was just telling my buddy, I was like, watch him just blow by by blow by everyone blows by him. And you would think with how athletic he is that he could try to stop that. He's also a bad fouler. He will let someone get a step on him and then reach in and go ahead and get in foul trouble. Mm-hmm. Offensively, his game is still kind of mind-boggling to me because he, he just goes through people no matter how big they are. It is it is crazy. It feels like he's a little bit out of shape at the moment in the bubble. It, obviously, his minutes are being limited, but it even seems like He's he's winded in spots and hasn't fully gotten into game shape. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with the Pelicans. Um, I'm I'm with you guys. It's going to be Lakers Clippers Western Conference Finals. I still think the Clippers probably come out of the series. Just given, I don't know. I just like think that team is so deep, and it's going to take a plus series from both LeBron and AD if the Lakers are going to be able to overcome Kawhi, but. Obviously, when it comes to facing Doc Rivers in a playoff setting, I'm just I'm like, I'm just so excited to have the Lakers back in the mix. Like we we haven't known what this has felt like for for a decade, which is Lakers fans obviously spoiled. But that's 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 a while. Yeah, it is. What do you, we're not giving any love to Houston. You guys don't think they're going to be able to potentially take out the Lakers or the Clippers in the second round. You don't see that happening. Uh, I mean, they they have the ability to just because there's so much variance in their game. They uh, <clears throat> shoot so many threes, obviously. And, you know, if Harden catches fire for three or four games, there's not much you can do about it because the way his game is structured, that step back is either going to go in or it's not going to go in. It's not much in the defensive coverage that you can really do to change it. He's going to take that shot. and It's just going to go in or not. So I think they have a shot, but not really, because as long as your coach isn't an idiot, you're probably going to find something out after three or four games to punish the fact that they don't have any size and they aren't very good defense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a series where AD's got to shoot the ball 30 times a game and, and be able to try and slow the pace a little bit. Um, I I love watching the Rockets. I think they're they are fun to watch. I do I do like Harden. I think they're actually more fun now that they've went just all in on this small ball five wing play uh, system they have. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't see it working deep into the playoffs. I just think like they're relying so much on PJ Tucker for a seven game series. Like that guy's gonna take a pounding if if say against they play the Nuggets, he's gonna be guarding Jokic for seven game. Like that's that's a lot to put on a guy who's like six six. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I I totally like him a lot more now that they switched to this because they definitely weren't gonna win with the Capella lineup. But um, it's just unfortunate because how many years in a row have we talked about the East versus the West and the West being better? And there's people out there that tried to say the East was better at the start of this year. 
Honestly, I think Houston could easily come out of the East, and I don't think they have much of a chance to come out of the West. The gap is still pretty big. Wow. I'd say that's a hot take. I don't know. I think the East is better than it has been in past years. If you look at the top four with you know Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, Miami, and I guess if you want to throw the Sixers in there, like I think that's the best East that we've had in a pretty long time. I totally agree that the East is better than it used to be. Definitely a lot better than it used to be. But at the same time, you still have guys. Well, we had to invite like Washington and Orlando and Brooklyn back to the bubble. <laughs> yeah, so, Jamal Crawford caught him. And then meanwhile, we might be leaving Dame at home in the West. So, I mean, there's still a pretty big difference. And I just, I don't know. I just truly think that Houston could come out of the East. I really do. Like, obviously, that we'll never get to find out. But, I mean, they just beat Milwaukee last week, and it didn't look fluky to me at all. Uh, Milwaukee doesn't have the size to punish them. That would be a seven-game series, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's a uh, that's a pretty solid take. I think Houston is would be in that one that top tier. Uh, of the East between Milwaukee, Toronto, and Houston. Like, I, I see those three teams as being pretty even. And as you said, there's a lot of variability with Houston. I mean, if it, we're, we're potentially looking at a team that could have knocked off the Warriors a couple years ago if they just hit any threes in, in that game seven. So um, the, the, the mix is there. We'll see if they could actually kind of come through in the playoffs. But um, so, Sam, what's your what's your finals prediction here? Who you who you going with the uh, looking at the odds here? Lakers still favorite to win it all. Plus two seventy five. The Clippers are three to one. The Bucks are plus three twenty five. And then we have a pretty, pretty big drop off from there. Um, uh, like I said, when you have two of the best players in the series, I mean, Paul George is good, but he's not on the Anthony Davis, Kawhi, and LeBron level. They're on one level. Paul George is right under him. So I think that's advantage Lakers in terms of the star power. But the everything else is so far in the Clippers' favor that I kind of think the Clippers are going to win. I mean, even since... Uh, the regular season ended the first time. The Lakers at that point still had Avery Bradley and Rondo, which I don't like Rondo, but those are still a couple of decent bodies. And it's like the Clippers just added Reggie Jackson, who's looked really good since the bubble came back. So it's like they're even still getting a little better, and we're getting a little bit worse. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think the Clippers will come out. Uh, I do see it being like a seven-game series. And if the Lakers win, it'll be because Anthony Davis did – what he did to uh, Portland a couple of years ago when he was on the Pelicans. Yeah, Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, I'm holding out hope that, you know, playoff LeBron turns it up and once I get Rondo back, hopefully him and AD could kind of throw back to what you mentioned, Sam, where they just destroyed Portland. Um, but coming out of the East, um, I, I like the Raptors. I know that's kind of recency bias, and they actually got killed last night by the Celtics, but I'm not putting too much into that. I, I don't know. I just really like that team. I think between OG and Siakam, they could just throw bodies at Milwaukee that could trip them up. And Nick Nurse, I think, is the best coach in the league. He's proven that this year. They, you know, they lose Kawhi. Everyone thought they'd fall off, and they're basically the same team. They were last year. The first round matchup, they're going to play the Nets, so that'll be easy. They don't have to break a sweat. Boston or Philly could be a tough matchup, but I don't know. I, I really like that team. I just think they have the DNA to get there, and maybe they're in you know, Milwaukee's head a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we're we're going to see a, a finals of Raptors, Clippers. I think that's where this thing is headed. It's crazy that like I just was thinking about this in my head. Realistically, once Rondo comes back, we're looking at a 2020 Lakers team that has LeBron James, Rondo, and Dwight Howard as like three of the core seven, like as Lakers fans, like if you had told me that like five years ago, I'd be like, um, what? (laughs) 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 Like what happened? Why? Uh, but, uh, yeah, so it's, it's definitely a weird situation on that front, but yeah, I think, I I just think Kawhi seems like he gets to another level, uh, in, in the playoffs of late. 
it's going to be asking a lot of LeBron to be able to do everything he needs to do offensively for this team and then have to guard one of Kawhi or Paul George. So we'll see. It's going to take a Superman effort out of him. I do like the angle of LeBron in the bubble, though. Like, there's there's nothing there to do. He's clearly been fully locked in. He realized this is probably one of his last, I'm going to say, two best chances at really uh, making a deep run when he's still at his apex. So I think he's trying to milk it. I think the Lakers also they kind of have the advantage of Tyler's mentioned this in the past. Like they're doing a Madden tournament now. Like it seems like this team actually genuinely likes each other. They've been through a lot with the Kobe thing, obviously everything that's going on right now uh, all over the place. But uh, it's, there is some value in that, but I, I don't know if they have enough to make it matter. I do agree <clears throat> that there's really good chemistry on this team. Uh, AD is just a perfect superstar to be next to LeBron because he doesn't have as much of a high public profile. And uh, he's mostly fine being LeBron's sidekick, and LeBron <clears throat> gets the ball to AD. So I think they play really well off of each other. I think all of the role players were kind of like – a lot of them were LeBron-type guys. The whole team revolves around LeBron. Let's be fair with ourselves. And uh, he likes it, and they all like him. So I, I love the chemistry of this team. That's one of the reasons why I thought we could win it all in the first place. But now when you get back and just kind of look at the names, I mean, we really need J.R. Smith and Deion Waiters. And they weren't <laughs> even on the team. Like They weren't on the team most of the year. We need them really bad. Like. That's not a luxury. We need these guys to perform really well. Yeah, yeah. Jr. Smith is. I think he's washed. But we need we need waiters to do something. I mean, if it comes to Lakers Clippers, I think the Clippers they might not be favorite, but I feel like the Lakers probably feel like the underdog in that series. And it's crazy to think if the Clippers, hopefully not, but if they win it all, that that would be Kawhi's third championship on a third team, probably the third Finals MVP on a different team. Like that just throws you into an eight. No one's ever done that, and just with the three titles potentially, I mean that throws him into some pretty serious uh, competition with guys all time. So it's wild to think about. Yeah. Hey, I mean, as long as people don't say he's better than Kevin Durant because he's not, I don't care what he does. They both <laughs> played at the same time for most of their career. If anybody wants to say they would take Kawhi Leonard over Kevin Durant at any time in the last 10 years, you're lying to yourself. You wouldn't. I mean, this year, of course, you would because Katie's been hurt. But I, I have to protect Katie because he gets slandered so much on Twitter. So I have to protect him a little bit. <laughs> are, are, are you running one of his burner accounts? I mean, no, I'm not Katie Sniper 254. <laughs> That's not me. That's not me. All right. All right. We'll we'll take you for your word. Uh, but but Sam, before we go, I mean, we haven't we haven't had you on since Kobe passed away. So wanted to check in on that. And I know the last few months we've definitely, especially with no sports on, gone through massive amounts of uh, old rewatches of past Lakers games. What are some of your go to uh, YouTube clips uh, to to get your Kobe fix in these days? A lot of the times I like to go back to number eight Kobe because I was so young. That Fro Froby. To, yeah, I didn't get to uh, actually enjoy it the right way. Uh, one series that I love to check out was 2001. He destroyed the Spurs in the Western Conference Finals. It was really bad. They didn't have anyone to guard him, and he was just killing them. Uh, it's actually the largest margin of victory in a sweep in NBA history. And it was against the Tim Duncan Spurs. So when people want to do the Duncan uh, Kobe thing, make sure to mention it. I'm just saying, just mention it. <laughs> you, sh you should tweet at Bill Simmons at that. Just so I, I'm just saying. I'm <laughs> just saying. Hey, also career-wise, they've played in five playoff series, three-two Kobe. Hey, hey, I'm just mentioning a couple <laughs> of things. I'm just throwing a couple of things out there. But. Um, <clears throat> Every once in a while, if I really just want to just have some fun and just kind of laugh at a couple of things, you know, the 05-06 and the 06-07 seasons where it was just him and a bunch of bums, some of these shots he's making are just ridiculous. 
He's so mad at the team during every point <laughs> both of those seasons. He wasn't having any fun. He's just like in the corner, like taking two dribbles, spinning out of a double team, and then shooting the fadeaway three, splashing it. Everyone's going crazy, and he's just so mad. Like these guys suck. So yeah. those are some fun ones to just be like, man, this guy was good. Yeah, you know, it gets underrated because I found I found myself rewatching. And they played the Suns uh, in 06 and 06, went to, yeah. they lost in they lost in seven. I was rewatching Game Six. I don't know how I came across this, but 50, Kobe hits like 50. 50. Yeah, Kobe hits a, a go ahead shot with like yep. under a minute left. They were yep. and the Suns, uh, you know, missed a couple shots. They like scramble for the ball, hit a shot to tie, Tim goes Tom. to overtime. Yeah, Tim they Tom. win. I watched this recently. I watched this recently. Please, uh, and, and then who goes down the court? Is it Smush Parker and takes the shot and doesn't pass to Kobe? <laughs> I don't. I don't remember that part. But it's crazy to think if they if they had won that game, like how different Kobe is perceived. I guess because you know it was like oh without Shaq they always lost in the first round, kind of like with Westbrook. But they were so close to winning that series. And then I looked at the playoffs. They would have played the Clippers in the second round. So and we would have won. I truly yeah. believe we would have won that series because just like the series would have went this year, the whole L.A. L.A. Uh, home court thing would have swung wildly in the Lakers' favor, <laughs> especially that's, back that's in 2006. True. Especially back in 2006. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point for even this year. Yeah, I, I, that's funny you said that, Tyler, because I was just watching a clip of Kobe when he hits the buzzer beater. He hits multi, he hits the shot to send into overtime, and he hits the elbow jumper um, in in OT. And Smush Parker actually steals the ball. Yes, that's the, a great at, 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 That's at, a great at, steal. But I was gonna at, say that. Yeah, at, at the that's end. That's my of, only at, Smush moment. That's my only Smush moment. That's a great steal. One of one of my favorite parts is Kobe hits the layup they're all celebrating going crazy and like kobe's like grabbing like smush parker's head and it seems like he's like remember this moment and like don't like remember remember actually being a competent basketball player for once and maybe do this more often uh, but i was uh actually along the lines of what you said sam i was re-watching some of the earlier kobe stuff the 2000 finals versus the pacers he uh shaq goes out it's game four shaq fouls out it goes game goes into overtime like incredible in ot and i don't know he's what 2021 at that point and taking all the big shots on the road like uh doing the whole basically silencing the crowd telling everyone to calm down and it's just like at that point you know the the star is born and and no moment is too big he had missed game three three because jaylen rose hurt him yeah. Jalen Rose sprained his ankle. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So it's. But it's, uh, here's another one to bring back it to 2000. When we're making a comeback against the Blazers, the famous comeback in Game mm-hmm. Seven. At the end of the game, it goes Kobe jumper, Kobe jumper, uh, Kobe two free throws, crossover, Scotty Pippen throw it to Shaq. It was all Kobe at the end of the game. It was. No one will remember that because it was the Western Conference Finals. And I hate how people underrate the playoffs that lead up to the finals. Shaq was unquestionably better in all three of those final series. He deserved all three finals MVPs. As a Kobe fan, I hate to say that, but it's true. But when you look at the whole total playoffs in general, Kobe had just as many moments as Shaq. It's just that it seems like in the finals, Shaq just got to barbecue chicken a couple of bad centers. (laughs) Yeah, it is true. I mean... Whether it was Rick Smith or was on the Nets, Todd McCullough when they oh, went for the three P. That felt really bad. Now I have to give Shaq his full credit because uh, Matumbo was the defensive player of the year in two thousand one, and he did Matumbo something bad also. Yeah, yeah, um, but definitely not a lack of of good Kobe content out there on the internet. But uh, Sam, this is it's been great having you back on. Glad to hear you're also enjoying the uh, the hoops restart, having it back in our lives, and uh, we'll we'll have to check in if the Lakers can actually make a deep run here. Get you back on to get your thoughts. But Sam, where can everyone follow you along on Twitter and uh, and see your takes? Hey, check me out, Sam, S-A-M, Chotty, C-H-O-T-T-Y. And, you know, I'll be on there tweeting about gambling, no run first inning gang, 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 Yeah, gang. yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm in, I'm in. 
I was, I was actually on a boat a couple of days ago, and like one of my buddies was like, what are you so deep in your phone about? I was like, two outs, bottom of the first. <laughs> <laughs> we, love, we love to hear that. We love to hear people all, all across the country rooting for six outs. That's amazing. Yes, sir. But, uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on, and, uh, you know, I'm always here for you. Just let me know when. Awesome. Thanks, Sam. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer on or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign-up on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use the offer code FULLSLATE or DealDash.FM backslash FULLSLATE. That's DealDash.FM forward slash Thanks again to Sam for joining the pod. Always fun catching up on him and talking NBA, Lakers, and all of it. So now, Cody, let's recap this past week's Double Shot of Love episode. The last two episodes have been incredible. As everyone says, it's hardest to three-peat um, in sports. That's why it's so <laughs> rare. So it's hard for Double Shot to produce another, you know, nine-plus episode on IMDb. This episode was a little more calm than we've seen the last couple of weeks. Still pretty good. I think this was a filler episode for next week where they're going to Miami. Yeah, it was a transition episode for sure. Kind of the dust has settled a little bit from the chaos that Susie started in last episode. Her her path of destruction where really no one in the, in the uh, house was safe. That was a female. Um, but, I mean, I think in terms of winners and losers from this episode... I think we're all going to be a winner next week when they go to Miami. That looks like it's going to be a fun one. But I think the loser has to be Susie. Like, it would have been very easy for her to just, like, just be, uh, actually show a little contrition, be like, I'm sorry, uh, I, I was in a bad mood, whatever it was. Like, so it doesn't seem personal. Her apology was really bad. <laughs> They're at dinner, and essentially Susie gets forced into apologizing. She only apologizes to Marissa. It doesn't really make sense. Um, since Marissa only really got, like, glances, it doesn't seem like she feels badly about anything she said to Darren, and it's pretty obvious. Yeah, her apology was terrible. She was, like, so, like she's just, like, sorry that happened, but she wasn't really sorry for what she said. <laughs> Like, she apologizes to Marissa, which doesn't make sense because she was standing up for her. Like, so Marissa wasn't really involved. But what she said to B-Lashes was just just mean, honestly. And we saw B-Lashes, you know, crying, getting upset. We never we never see B-Lashes uh, uh-huh. get that way. She's, you know, the mother hen of the group, and she's always, you know, giving people advice. So to see her breaking down, I felt bad. Um, and I would consider B-Lashes a good friend after she came on the podcast. So She is. Family. Yeah. Yeah, so that was sad to see, and Susie just looked awful. Like the next day, like you could tell she's just like, "What happened?" Like I, you know, she drank too much, just looked yeah. pretty disheveled. So um, she apologized to B Lashes at the end. I still feel like it was kind of a half ass apology, but you know they're okay. They, they they made good on the private jet to Miami, so thank God for that. But yeah, she she's not sorry at all what she said to Darren. They still haven't talked, so I wonder if that's gonna pop up again at some point yeah i'm sure it will and i'm I'm here for the drama i think darren has been a little lackluster this season so i'm okay with her getting called out the way Susie did it was terrible um in terms of a winner of the episode kind of challenging uh, since there wasn't i don't know i think honestly the winner is b lashes b lashes comes out looking unscathed like all she did last two episodes ago was stand up for her best friend darren she kind of got rolled in the process um and and she ultimately ends up looking like uh, everyone feels badly for b lashes because she she gets really her character's question they're asking about her relationship with her mom and b lashes just like shows a lot of range in this episode we hadn't seen this side of her she's really the house Mom, as you say, the cheerleader, kind of the glue that 
mostly binds people together unless she's being a troll. But I think uh, this was this was a big episode for B lashes. Everyone, everyone really kind of if you were B lashes stand, this was a big moment for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's our girl. So glad to see that range of emotion from her. I would say my winner of the episode. I'm gonna say uh, guy Nikki. I don't. He he's just so funny. Marty Mush. Yeah, Mart, aka Marty Mush, when they're at dinner and it's super awkward. Susie's like not apologizing at all. He just like, he's like, I want to toast. He's like, I thought things would be like cleared out, but they weren't. So. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. And just whenever anything good happens, when they said they go to Miami, he just gets up and like screams. <laughs> and then they cut to his like one-on-one interview, and he's like, My, he's like Miami Cushion. Yeah. <laughs> all he says is he's like uh he's like one of those like action dolls that you pull it and it has like three catchphrases like two out of his three catchphrases are kujin like that's that, that's the majority of what you're getting from him um but yeah next week next week should be big for everyone um yeah, I think, I mean, the the three Hoboken bros, Staten Island bros, they're they're winning this this season. I even think Polly, Polly is bad at some of these awkward things because he just keeps saying like awkward, and even Vinny points it out. He's like, it's really not good when he says that sometimes. Yeah, I'm gonna say my loser of the episode is is Polly because I, f- I feel like the last couple of weeks I've been standing up for uh, girl Nikki. She she wrote him, you know, the note saying how she feels and Polly was like, you know, now she's like turning back to crazy Nikki, which she obviously still has remnants of, but I think he leads her on. Um and yeah, then when it's she, predictable. When she comes and says, like, you know, I feel this way about you, he like acts like, Oh, like where's she getting that idea from? So I, I think I think he does lead her on a little bit. So I do feel bad for her in that standpoint. So that's why Polly's my loser, because like what do you expect? You know how she is. Yeah, yeah, it's it's clearly going into dicey waters by broaching that subject with Nikki. But Maria, Vinny, they seem to be still going strong, so we're we're pulling for them, even though we know he went on a date with Francesca. So tough, tough for everyone. But um, yeah, I think that wraps up another great episode of the Full Slate Sunday Scaries podcast. We'll be back next week with more. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return to sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Horry. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in the series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done.